and welcome back, everybody, to Music City Gold. By now, you should know who I am. If not, my name is Kyle, and with me, as always, is Matt and Daniel. What? Your name's Kyle? It is Kyle. Hello. Hey, guys. You see, I purposely said you guys' names backwards to see if you'd catch it. Nope, didn't catch it. I like the rhythm we have. Can't break the order. True. I normally say Daniel and Matt, but I tried throwing them off and didn't work. So, anyways, guys, how was your weekend? Uh, Pretty good. Just relax a little bit. How about you? Yeah, not too bad. I'm doing a little bit of car shopping lately, so. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we've been talking a little bit about that, so. Trying to buy the Z off Kyle. That is true. He's been trying to buy my 350Z. I don't want him having it because I would hate for him to get my car and it blow up. Yeah, that wouldn't be a good friend it's right It's a there. race car, though, man. Stick mm-hmm. shift. Vroom, vroom. I mean, hey, if you're willing to put the money into it, I could sell it to you. Yeah, Maybe. We'll talk some figures. My people will talk to your people. <laughs> well, I'll give you the name of my dog, and your dog can talk to my dog about the car. Wow. so That's a rough um, subject. It is. Wow. Oh, oh my god. Starting off good. Go ahead. Anyway, so talking about some sports real quick that's not necessarily hockey-related. It's soccer-related. So the Nashville Soccer Club has a proposed stadium coming to it. Yes. Um, today, uh, I don't know if this was actually – yes, it was just released today – uh, John Ingram, who became one of the partial owners from the Minnesota Vikings, actually announced a full stadium rendering. It's a 500,000-square-foot stadium that can seat 30,000 people for a potential MLS club. What are your thoughts on this? Do you think Nashville's a good market for this? I think it is. I mean, what is it you said earlier before we started uh, recording, that there's 12 cities vying for it? Correct. 12 cities for approximately four expansions from the, uh, in the MLS, yes. I think we can do it. I mean, right now they've been doing their games, I believe, at Vanderbilt. Correct. And they've been doing well. So, I mean, hey, if this is the success of the Predators and the Titans coming up for the season drive the success of the soccer club, bring it on. I'll definitely go watch some games. Well, I know we had two recent soccer events where we've actually totaled 100,000 in both. For you know a combination, which very shocking. Wow. I mean, this is the U.S. we're talking about. Definitely a non-traditional, a, a non-traditional uh, soccer market. But that said, I think hockey and soccer kind of go hand in hand. I mean, I know the players on the team would love it. You see them warming up before the games, yeah. doing soccer drills. So I know Forsberg would will be all over this. I've seen him even on Instagram with the club. But um, the proposed stadium would actually be uh, where the fairgrounds are, which I think is a pretty decent use of that space. So who knows? The mayor's behind it. She's hated the fairgrounds for a while. So When's the last time anything good was at the fairground? Mm-hmm. Not that I can remember. I don't know. The Nothing. last time I remember us being at the fairground is when we took your uh, old boss and um, was it his dad? Yes, yes. We took them home. Correct. Because of the stupid wait it's, it's after the game. It's a parking lot, yeah. Oh, it was after a cup yeah, game. Yeah, the very last game of the season. Yes. And so, Matt, we ac- they six. actually met us because the shuttle to go back to the fairground was a two-hour wait. Two-hour wait. Wow. It's just a parking lot right now, essentially the fairground. So I think that would be a pretty good use of that area. So we'll see what happens. I'd be all for soccer coming here. I mean, Matt, you're quiet over there. Any thoughts about this? Oh, this is the first I've heard. You said that news was breaking today, that that information dropped. Yeah, that's the first I've heard about it. So that sounds pretty exciting. Um, you know, not super into soccer, but extra sports in the town is always a good thing. So the fact that we'd have another 
professional sports team. That's yeah. kind of surprising. I mean, we don't have basketball. We don't even have baseball at this uh, at this uh, point. We in got time, baseball. So. We got the sounds. Oh, but that's not professional. Like that's not like an MLB club. Granted, I mean, well, they're one step below. They're the they're the farm team for the Oakland A's. So correct. But I think it's a good step for Nashville. We'll see what happens. Uh, like I said, I think it's a good uh, utilization of the space there at the fairgrounds if they go forward. But Ultimately, it's going to be up to the MLS, so we'll see. Well, uh, you said, speaking of Nashville news, did you guys hear they announced it? I guess it was today as well. The Preds are going to start to uh, release their 10-game uh, packages at the at Bridgestone Arena. Did you hear about that? They sure. are. I'm actually going to look into getting a couple of those too. Yeah, I know. Um, I know last year we had they had like a Forsberg pack, and of course they did a play on all the the numbers, so it's like depending on – uh, how many games you wanted, that corresponding player number would constitute the number of games you got in the package. So we'll see. Um, I think they said they were only going to have 700 of those limited Yeah, they're limited edition. Today. So if you need to get one, you don't have season tickets, go get them. I know. It's, it's going to be interesting because of the influx of half-season and full-season ticket holders. It's going to definitely be more difficult getting single-game tickets and potentially packages for the future. So... Yeah, they said the good thing about this one was that it's a little more flexible than the other offerings. So based on the needs of the people, they've kind of implemented this as a as a new way to try to get uh, another method of season tickets, but it's just a shorter package. Do yeah, you, um, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, it's a, I, t- actually, I actually talked to my ref today about it because um, I've had some, you know, financial stuff come up where I've had to, you know, juggle my tickets just a bit. So when the fact they came up with the... Uh, the ten dollar, not the ten dollar, but the ten game plan. My rep said there was like three different plans. They gave them basically three sets of games, and you could actually add on additional um, games at the discount price. So I'm actually looking at that too. Not bad. Do you get um, priority for Stanley Cup playoffs? We're not even in the playoffs yet, and you're already <laughs> asking about <laughs> it. Jumping the that's gun. A, that's important though. We I, I mean, to... it really is if you think about it. Because if you're getting one of those packages, it's a nice perk having like first dibs on the playoff tickets because. Lord knows, like once you get in the playoffs, it's it's a free for all. I mean, I'm sure that's probably already there. I didn't go much into it. So, speaking of other news, did you guys hear about Masnick? What happened, Kyle? If you didn't hear, oh god, he's no longer with us. Wah, wah, wah. Him and the what Preds happened? parted ways. Where they broke he up too. Oh, where did he go? It's like a Taylor Swift song. I know, right? <laughs> he went to the KHL, which is the Continental Hockey League, for anybody who doesn't know what that is. it's a, Basically, it's a professional um, ice hockey league over in the European uh, Asian continent. It's got 27 teams to it. But we all care about is where to go. And he went to go play in Slovakia for the HC Sloven Bratislava team. Wow. Wow. It's very impressive. Sounds like you practiced that a few times. Yes, I spent two hours on Google Translate listen to it fast and slow to be sure I got this right. What was it again, Kyle? H.C. Slovan Bratislava. Boom. Nice. Put him on the spot. Okay. See, what you guys can't, Sorry. What you guys can't understand about this little inside joke is any time... Okay, so the way our table's arranged when we're talking, Matt looks across from me, and Daniel's kind of on our side. I have to pivot. So we can all keep eye contact with each other and stuff. So anytime I say a hockey player's name wrong... Matt gives me a look. mean mugs him across the table. And he'll mean mug me across the table, and he'll mouth to me the correct pronunciation. (laughs) While I try to talk over everything to salvage the subject. Or after the episode ends, he'll be like, you know you pronounced that wrong. (laughs) And I'm like, 
I don't care. I did the best I could. So I, Matt, this was for you today. So Put in the work. Good job. Yes. So yeah, guys, we lost Maz, which, you know, I hate to say it. I really don't, I'm really not going to miss him. I didn't think he played that well in the NHL. Well, what were his stats comparatively for AHL to NHL? Because I know his AHL stats kind of looked good, but then when he made that jump, he was a he it was just a didn't translate. He was a pretty good NH, uh, not a pretty good NHL goalie. I thought he was a pretty good AHL goalie. So uh, Daniel Lavender over at Ads Roundtable had a good little article about him that talked about you know uh, with the ads, you know he had 165 games. He's the most tenured. Uh, admiral with the group he had 82 wins out of that at 2.59 goal average against and his um save percentage was 0.909 he got 11 shutouts and ironically he got 11 assists which you just don't hear that happening that's very surprising i mean when's the last time we had a goalie in the nhl get that many of assists 11 assists from the (laughs) i can't remember because i remember last season the playoffs that uh, were you, I think you were at the game with me, Daniel, when they were trying to get Rene the puck for the assist. Correct, yes. Not even the assist, the goal. That's what it was. It was the goal. The empty netter yeah, got to Yeah, he almost him, got it. And he flicked it up, and everyone was just like waiting they, for it. Called a high stick on it, though. It was a good good block. But So, oh well. I wish Maz the best of luck over in Slovakia. Does that mean we now have two openings, though, for the AHL, correct? Uh, yeah, we've actually got three guys that are going to be competing for the uh, backup in the top spot. Uh, Anders Lindback, who we just signed this season, uh, Matt O'Connor, and Jake uh, Patterson. So hopefully one of them will get it. Uh, the Ottoman out's got to go with the ECHL more than likely. Well, Which, um, if you don't know what our ECHL team, that's the uh, it's our like third-tier team. So it goes ECHL, AHL, and then NHL. And the ECHL team for us is the, the uh, Nor... Do this again. Yes, Norfolk. The, the Norfolk Admirals. You can't pronounce that, but you spent eight hours pronouncing a Slovakian name. Hey, what if Google translates wrong? Well, then I said the name wrong, and I apologize to and all. And you just greatly offended someone from Slovakia. All well, of our Slovakian listeners out there, we apologize ahead of time. I apologize for doing the worst I can. So, the anyways, worst uh, I can. yeah, can't do the best, and just do the worst. So earlier today, I went down to the Preds team store since I work downtown, and I got my first actual look at the away jersey. And I have to say, guys, I like it a lot more than our home jersey. Yeah, I'd agree with that. We're not rolling Twinkies? Is that what you mean? Yeah, you notice the uh, Preds aren't really tweeting out pictures of their home jersey. It's always the away jerseys. That's the one they're proud of. Because we got blasted for it, and all the fans dislike it. I think the entire league blasted us. Yeah, I mean, it was a general consensus around the league. They're like, oh, Predators have the worst jersey in the league, which, I don't, I mean, that's very subjective. But at the same time, I cannot deny that we're going to look like a bunch of little minions running around the ice, especially with golden helmets on top of it. I really, I really wish we would wear the Navy helmets with it as well. But we'll see what happens. It's interesting they chose for the away jerseys. They put white with the gold instead of any kind of the navy undertones. That was an interesting choice. But it toned it down, at least, so that was interesting. I like it. It did, and I was thinking about today, actually, I was walking back, and you know, and I tweeted you guys pictures of the away jersey for tonight, and I was thinking the away jerseys just look better from a design standpoint because it's like there's not so much gold. Like I know we're big about the gold around here. Everything in, around the team has got to have the word gold or the gold color, but I think at some point we actually can overdo it. 
you know. Well, that was the whole thing with the Adidas jersey is they removed a lot of the piping, the white piping. You also removed some of the navy accents. So it just naturally, the jersey just ended up being more golden just from the um, subtraction of the other colors. That said, the away jersey has that white back, and then it makes the shoulders pop a lot more with that uh, perforated look. Yeah. With the oh man, that it's got looks some so texture. Much, yeah, on that it. texture pops out more against the white solid front. Whereas you have the gold on gold, you can't see how cool the shoulders are. The shoulders look great. And uh, thank God they kept the guitar pick on the shoulders. Yeah. Well, that's like cla- if they got rid of that. People would have been you didn't storming. want that you didn't want that twentieth anniversary logo on the shoulder oh, there God, no <laughs> Jeez, no yeah I'm glad they kept the guitar pick that's actually my favorite thing on the jersey yeah I like it a lot it, it's so Nashville and it's got the uh, it's just it was perfect for a shoulder patch logo whenever they came up with that I think we'll have that one on our jersey for a long time to come including the guitar strings through the numbers. And very, the piano keys on the piano neck. Cle- yeah, it's it's very Nashville. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just... Oh, I do like the logo in the middle, too. I don't know if y'all noticed that. It did look really nice and premium. No. Almost a shine to it or a sheen. I so, kind of almost wish that the away jerseys were actually our home jerseys. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's And it add, on top of toning down the gold, it's broken down in like three sections. The gold, then the white, and then the gold on bottom. And it has a little bit more... Uh, it looks more detailed, kind of like the old jerseys used to be. It breaks it up with the navy, so it does a better job of breaking up the gold. I like it. Maybe you guys should write an email to somebody and tell them how much you, uh, how much you protest the home jerseys. Uh, I think they they know. I have to agree. I think they know too. At this point, if you don't know, we can't really help you. So speaking of email, uh, last week we asked for some viewer questions because you know, we get tired of Matt giving us these weird questions that really make no sense. What's Matt thinking about it? <laughs> and so we don't no have jingle. to do that segment with this week. Mm-hmm. So um, Andrew Carmichael emailed us several questions thank and we've you. picked thank a couple you. of them. So yes, thank you, Andrew. You know, it's really great that you've done this. You've helped us prevent Matt from giving out stupid questions. <laughs> Whatever, guys. So I've picked out two of the questions for, um, for us today that, I'm going to give to the guys that uh, Andrew gave to us. The first question is, what is the purpose of signing Alexi Emelin? Will he replace Matt Irwin on the third pair, or will we keep what worked last year? Is he going to split play in time to provide more a physical presence? And is he a trade bait for the deadline? He signed a one-year $3 million contract and has a modified no-trade clause, that, which allows him to pick up a 10-team no-trade list. That's a pretty loaded question with sub-questions underneath it. Initially, I think the reason why we sign Alexi is trade bait. That was kind of what I was thinking, considering we were kind of vying for Matt Duchesne for a while. I was like, <laughs> but then the fabled the, Matt Duchesne. Yeah, that was like, oh, he's still teasing us over that on his Instagram too. <laughs> but I, I just don't see us utilizing him considering our defensive depth right now. I mean, like, where's he going to go? I, I mean, really. You know, before I came over tonight to, to do this, I looked at his stats, and you know, he's 31 years old. We picked him up from the Golden Knights in the expansion, so the he was exposed by Montreal. They obviously didn't want to keep him, nope. so they left him exposed. And for the 16-17 season with Montreal, he only had two goals, eight assists for 10 points, but out of 76 games, he had 71 penalty minutes. 
So he almost had a minute per game. Well, well we already have someone who chews up penalty minutes <laughs> on our team. And that can only be one Skylander. That's McLeod. He he racked up a lot of penalty minutes this last year, so that alone, you know, makes me not want him. Well, you also can't just judge him as a defenseman based on his scoring because he that might not be his primary role. I didn't really follow him that much in Montreal, but as a defenseman, not all of them are built to score like Shea Weber. Some of them are stay-at-home defensemen, so you can't really uh, compare him to, say, Shea Weber if he plays more of a defensive defenseman role, kind of like Jalmerson does. But if they still exposed him to the draft, they didn't seem like they wanted him very much anyway. But <laughs> No, they just dangled him out there for us. I mean, really. I mean, if you compare him against Matt Irwin or Yannick Weber, so both of them, this was their first full season with us. Erwin came from the Bruins, and Weber came from the Canucks. For the 16-17 season with the Preds, uh, Erwin had three goals, 11 assists for 14 points. But out of 74 games, he only had 26 penalty minutes, which makes me like him right there. Well, I know how much Matt loves Ekholm. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> Looks like a catfish. <laughs> so, I don't know. We, I just don't know how we're going to utilize them. It'll be interesting to see what Poyle and Lavi have planned for that trade. I really just think he's trade bait. And uh, just to get Weber's stats out here real quick, uh, he had one goal, seven assists for eight points, and 25 penalty minutes. So the penalty minute increase alone makes me not want uh, Emelin, and I just think he's trade bait. Yeah, that's kind of the opinion I had as well. That's the first thing I thought of was was we're probably just going to offer him up at the sometime at the trade deadline for whatever it is we need at the time, you know. So I had the same thought as you guys did on that one. Well, we do have the cap space too going into the season. Of course, right. with Mike Fisher being gone, we didn't have a re-signing, so now we're plus six million. Yep. To the to the cap, so it'll be interesting going in. And I feel like Poyle, this is a this is a real Poyle move right here. Going into the season, we're not maxed out already. And he's going to probably be looking for something around that deadline. So I think this kind of plays into that. He might be looking for a multi-team trade to try to eventually pick up a Duchesne or someone <laughs> else. It's probably not going to happen. To get Duchesne, uh, he's just... going to probably need a three-team trade. He's, Yeah, they're not going to give up. It would have to be a three-team trade. But I, I guarantee you... Midway through the season, Poyle is going to take a step back and be like, okay, are we good or do we need another piece of the puzzle to make a playoff run and a push? And we have six million cap space and we have some players too that we can unload. Say someone else needs a, a defensive player. Well, now we have someone else who's not you know, vital to our core group that we can, we can you know, push off. So, Yeah, it's like you said, you kind of wait. That gives you some time to wait and see what the need is at the moment. So that kind of brings us up. I think the uh, guy who gave us an email about the questions also mentioned uh, mentioned depth and, and what's our strengths and weaknesses. So if there was a spot on the roster that we had some depth issues that we might potentially be looking for a person to fill that spot, where do you think that is in, in regards to our depth? Well, our defense is fine, I think. Yeah, I think defensively we're Solid? Solid? Your top four is solid. I don't know about – I won't go and say your bottom two. Alexi but who Yemelin. gets the most ice, ice time? Well, I, I will mean, say we honest. did forget about somebody. I just uh, checked out here. We forgot about Anthony Potato. No big deal. No big deal? Okay. What's his salary, though, right now? 
unrestricted free agent next season. Okay. So we're still under contract. And his cap hit against us for this uh, upcoming season is only $612,000. So uh, you can't you can't hit on the bargain. I mean. Well, yeah, that's a great bargain deal, but you're talking about playing with the elites and the spot. We went to the Stanley Cup Finals last year, so you need some elite depth right there. The depth is what's going to kill you. Yeah, but Alexi is 31 years old. He is the oldest defenseman on our team. The youngest is uh, Ryan Ellis. Oh, well. That's actually a little surprising. I did not know that. And he's 26. Okay, well, who do you think is weaker? The third defensive pairing or the fourth line of the forwards? I think the third defensive pairing is weaker. Because you also look, you got, you got, well, you guys got acquired Scott Hartnell. You got to throw him in we there did somewhere. Get Hartnell. Mm-hmm. You probably throw him in there on the third line. Yeah, he's definitely a third liner for sure. So, assuming you have on the third line Hartnell, Yarncroke, and Auberg, that leaves your fourth line to be Austin Wattens, Freddie Goudreau, and Colton Sissons. See, I think Auberg. That's actually not bad. I think Auberg will take second line. Second line? What? No. Yeah. No, because you no know, but you know, Benino is going to be second, and Fiala is going to take second. So I think Arberg is a perfect fit to slap there with him. Mm, I don't mm. know if I go with that's Arberg's a right winger, so that's throwing Craig Smith down. No, Craig no. Smith has a much higher salary that I would hate no. to pay him that much money and, <laughs> and throw him on, on the on third, third line. line. No, he's not going to be on the third line. Livy's going to make him sweat those <laughs> that cap money out. I mean, because I think Hartnell is going to be a third liner. I think he'll be. A, I think he'll be our third line left wing. And I think you have Yarncroke uh, taking Fisher's spot in the third wing. Th- I'm sorry, the third line center. He's a more utility yeah. player, and you can Benito's throw him definitely wherever second, he's going. Yeah, second line Benito's center. second center. Joey, first line. We, I mean, we, first and second are solidified. All right, all right. So I'm going to bring this back up again. We talked about it about every week. I think we're talking about depth. Your first line is so heavy with the Jofa line. I wouldn't be mad if they split it down and spread the love down the line a little bit. But they're not going to. Oh, because no. we're talking about depth. It playing at an elite, uh, sorry, an elite level in the NHL, your fourth line has doesn't have nearly the experience that, that the upper half does. Which is fine because that's why they're playing the upper half because they're better. But that leaves some potential weaknesses and holes. I mean, top six is fine. Bottom six I can see being a little weaker. I will say this, though. To play in the mat, what happens if we come out and the chemistry's not there this year for the top line? That's true. Like it was in the playoffs. I mean, the playoffs, if we played like the playoffs every every game, there's no way. I mean, I think even you would agree, there's no way they're breaking up the Jofa line. If you're munching up that much time of possession, there's no way you're breaking it up. Now, if we come out and start falling flat on our face and we're, we're not as fluid and... Just the assists aren't there. Then, yeah, you might see a shakeup, and you might see, you know, Forsberg or, or I could see Arvidsson dropping down to a second line. But I think for sure you're going to keep Forsberg and Johansson together always. And see, I don't see putting Arvidsson on the second line. Not after the contract he signed. No, I think Joey's going to be, you know, eight by eight. He's going to be top line. Arvidsson's going to be top line. If anything, you could probably bump Forsberg down to the second line if you had to break it up. Oh, but, but but breaking up Joey and Forsberg, I I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of with you guys. I think they'll probably leave it, and it's so deadly the way it is. Even if that's the only line that scores, that's fine because you have a, such a high percentage chance of them scoring, getting quality scoring chances anyway. I'd be okay with it. Just leave it the leave it the way it is. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. It goes and, back to the time of possession as well, too. If we're eating up a time of possession and capitalizing on scoring, 
no way they get broken up. But chemistry, we'll see how. It, hopefully, they're still flowing. Go ahead, Kyle. Sorry. Oh, no, you're good. All I was going to say was, is that with the Forsberg, Johansson, uh, Arvidsson line, like you said, Matt, earlier, it's such a top-heavy line producing, and it wrecks so much havoc on the regular season and the playoffs. I think Rene and that line alone was part of the huge reason we made our push as far as we did. And yes, it sucked that um, Fiala got hurt and then Joey, Joey got hurt. Back. And that allowed some of the uh, the bottom guys to step up. Yeah. So you guys mentioned having bargain, bargain players like Auberg and Freddie Goudreau and some of these people stepping up, which is great to have bargain. But at the same time, they might not have the experience needed to continually perform at that level, that elite level. Well, I think they did. I think they got the experience this year. You know, they're part of a Stanley Cup final team that's never from Nash, never been there. So I think that experience will only help them build and become better next season. That that for sure did give them some stripes. So we're talk we're talking about performing on that higher level and optimizing line combinations. Let me throw you out another idea as far as depth. We mentioned how the third string defenseman pairing wasn't quite so strong, Alexi Emlin and uh, Yannick Weber. What if you mixed up the lines defensively and put slid down, say, an Ekholm with one of them and then slid one of them up. That way, the first line, you got your top two D on the first line, and then the next two lines are split up. You split one good player with one bad player for the next two so lines. So you put who with, um, say, Ellis or uh, PK? Because, uh, I mean, it was PK and, and Ekholm for a while. So would you want well, you gotta remember Weber? you got to remember, it's not confirmed that – uh, Emmelin and Weber are a third pair. It's just an this idea. This is true. This is well, we're just speculating. But the argument is you got your top four playing your top four, which is fine. That's normal. But do you split up? Detroit did this a few years ago. They split up. They have a good player play with a weak player to offset their strengths and weaknesses. So if you have, say, a defensive defenseman, you play him with, or particularly if you have an offensive defenseman, you pair a defensive defenseman with him. That way he covers his butt when he's out of position. And he's also, if he's just not quite as skilled, he knows how to supplement his weaknesses. So that might be something to consider. I'm not saying it should. It's just an idea. And you mentioned, go ahead. Oh, I was just about to say, Montreal. There's a connection there with PK. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're old, so they're old hat boys. I could totally see them being paired up, actually. Now that you said, I just now thought of that because I was like, ding, ding, ding. What do you know? They both played in Montreal together, so they kind of know each other's style. Right. So that could be Poyle's thinking. Maybe it wasn't trade bait. Maybe it was like, hey, we'll get someone or someone that PK's a little bit more familiar with uh, to build up some more chemistry in the decor. I, I don't know, but that that could be. Well, another thing that is important to think about is you, we mentioned Pecorini is getting a little older. Um, sometimes his percentages through the year, he kind of has a little slumps. He's getting older. He can't quite perform at that elite level all the time. We really can't realistically expect him to all the time. So part of limiting or making sure he's in the best chance for success is limiting those quality scoring chances. So perhaps there's some team chemistry there on the different lines about making sure to protect him because Pecorine is only the product of his environment. If you have a crappy third line D who's letting in all these massive scoring chances, he's going to, he's going to get eight like Swiss cheese, like he was, uh, it's sometimes, you know, but if you can make a pairing that supplements that and make sure that he's protected all the time, that might be something interesting to supplement that third line defensive pair with somebody who, you know. Yeah, kind of split it up a bit. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see, but I mean, any goalie worth his salt will, will credit his defensive core <laughs> for a good game. 
I think it's, it's a team effort. He's basically on the ice. The goalie is your third defenseman. Well, I think we got all of Andrew's questions answered. He asked a little more than two, but we went through the whole gamut. So I think we talked about a little bit of everything. Dabbled a little bit on the jerseys, correct? Some we of the did. Decor. Got some cap space answered. Got some you know depth questions answered. So, Andrew, great question. Definitely enjoyed it. Guys, give us more questions. As I said earlier before we started this little uh, section, if we don't have questions, Matt gives us questions, and we have silly things like, like the other day he asked us, you know, personally about deathmatch questions between some teams. That <laughs> <I> got cut. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we... We didn't like it, so we just cut it from the whole episode. So please provide us with more yeah, questions. It, Follow us on Twitter. Tell your friends. Tell your mama. Tell everybody. Tell your wife, I guess, <laughs> or your girlfriends. Matt. That's for me and Daniel, not for yep. you, Kyle. Yeah, and Daniel, <laughs> myself, no. I'll tell my dog. So I guess we will get into uh, what seems to be our most popular segment that we do on the show. and That is our top five list. So the other day, the uh, who was it, Matt, that came out with the list? <laughs> the NHL. <laughs> it was Really? Was it the NHL? Because one would think it Let- wasn't because I was going through this list and there were some questionable, <laughs> questionable top 20 wingers oh spoiler alert i just gave it away yep it is our top five wingers and we had some debate back and forth on this and i think we finally settled to just give our top five wingers out of the list because the list is so hotly debatable and contested for example joe joe pavelski i pointed this out earlier even before we started the show joe pavelski is technically a center and he's on there we understand, yes, he is utilized as both, but primarily he is a center. Even on the NHL website, they have him listed as a center. And then they come out with a list and put him in the top 10 wingers. Blows my mind. Sorry, ran over. Go ahead. So, for example, uh, the top 20 wings, as they actually called it, top 20 wings. Number one was Patrick Kane. Do you agree with that? Just for speculation, I mean, I mean, do you agree with it? I mean... You can't not you have can't him on argue. the list. You can't yeah. argue. So I mean, some of the players, yes, I totally agree. We're with not them. we're not complaining about Patrick Kane on the list. We're complaining about some of these other uh, people on the list. Like you got Phil Kessel number twelve. <laughs> no, hot <Well>. dog. <laughs> oh, did you see that today? Yeah, I saw the Twitter post. To those people who hadn't seen it, yeah, Phil Kessel is on the golf course with well, the Stanley dogs. Cup <laughs> and hot dogs in the Stanley Cup. Classic <laughs> Phil Kessel. Let me that tell that was you. awesome. Anyways, yeah, they, I don't know. It was just rough seeing that. And like I said, the Pavelski thing really got underneath my skin today when I saw it. So I'm Most glad we're people about are it. really complaining about their out of the twenty of their last ten on the list, they're eleven through twenty. Some people are they get roasting those those few people. So Well, I have to kinda of agree from a Preds perspective. Philip Forsberg at fourteen, he should be a little higher. I think after the season he had You're a, a little, little biased. A there. little higher. I'm being biased, of course, but he should be a little higher than fourteen. Maybe number ten. I was about to say he wasn't 11, even top two scoring on our team. I would say eleventh or twelfth. I don't know top ten, but I don't know. We'll see how he performs next year with a full Jofa line. So, so you want me to give my number five? All right, kick us off, Kyle. Number five. Here we go, guys. So now I should um, preface preface this. Yes, I just knew what you were going to say. I was about to say uh, preface, but preface works too. <laughs> 
You can't pronounce that, but you can pronounce the Slovakian <laughs> team name. I don't speak well. You're well. killing me, Kyle. Oh, I well, don't speak well. Great thing we're doing a podcast. Go ahead, Kyle. So, my number five, ranked number six on this list, and that is Capitals Alex Ovechkin. Mm, I wonder why you picked him. Because I am an Ovechkin fanboy. <laughs> I'm surprised he wasn't higher on your list, to be honest. Yeah, I was too. I'm very shocked. So go ahead. So yeah, I just think he should be higher after this. After you know having two seasons uh, where you know they won the President's Trophy, and yes, I know they got bounced in the second round both years. I think he at least should have been number five on the list. You said put him higher. He's number six, and you only advanced him one spot to number five. He should be at least top five. I've got other people, I think, that are. I've got other people. I, he's for, got other for connections. For being such a Capitals fan, I can't believe he's not your number one. That's what I thought a number one or two. I thought it was going to be number two. Maybe um, not, all right. Your, your rest of the list is about to get ruined. I so. know. Wrecked. So. <laughs> what is your number five, Daniel? Number five, this one might be a little controversial. Oh, my that's, no, that's my, my number five. Tea. No, I don't know. I don't know. I say that. Let's let's just let's state it and see the reaction. Number five for for me would be Patrick Line. I can see him. A little controversial because he was consider- number eight. Well, he is number eight, and considering the amount of um, sample size that we've seen, because he literally only has one season. Granted, seventy three points, and. He missed nine games due to a concussion. He got wrecked in uh, against, against the Sabres, I believe. It was earlier in the year, um, in January. So he missed nine games, still put up 73 points. They, uh, I mean, obviously they didn't make the playoffs. So we didn't get to see uh, you know, how clutch he was in that situation. But really great performance during the regular season. I think make sure he comes back healthy. Hopefully he can stave off the injury. And... I mean, realistically, he should make 75, almost 80 points again next year, which are incredible numbers. If he can average that, then we'll see. Right. Well, you said controversial. That I love that stuff because that's just well, he my only area. Had, he only has one season. So it's like sample size. What if he What if he comes out next year and he falls flat on his face? He yeah. performs half. Then, obviously, he's not making my top five next year. So, right. sorry. Go ahead. Well, carrying over that controversial list, my number five, I'm going to link up with Kyle, Alexander Ovechkin. No way. Number five. High five across the room. That's right. Now. So curious about this. Go ahead. All right. So I'm going to explain a little bit of my reasoning. I love to be controversial. That's fine. So I, it was kind of curious. We were discussing our top five wingers, and we were kind of trying to debate, is it going to be our top five who you think is the best winger or top five who's your favorite winger just to watch in general so it's going to be interesting how it plays out as far as how much your personal bias like gets in the way of this list stat wise though Ovechkin well that's what I'm saying you can tell you can tell by my list I got some personal bias coming down my lower numbers because Ovechkin um out of you really have to take you can't just take this year's stats you really have to look at overall what he's done in the last few years or whatever. Out of the last three years... Body of work. Kind of yeah, like his body us. of work. Go that's ahead. right. And the last three years, Ovechkin, out of the wingers, has scored the fourth most points. But if you look at an even larger sample size, 10 years, he's got more points than anybody else in the NHL with... I got it right here. 837. The most points in the NHL over a longer time span. Now he's... Not been quite as hot lately. Like I said, he's still only fourth in the last three years. He's kind of slowing down a little bit, which is fine. But so obviously, stat-wise, he you cannot argue him on this list. 
but he's simply not farther down because I've got some other personal bias and things going on. Yeah, he shares some of the responsibility now with like Oshi and people like that on his team. So, I mean, I can see his numbers dipping a little bit, but he's still super solid. Yeah, his current line mates are um, Backstrom and Oshi. Yeah, I think think Backstrom's uh, objective in life, his uh, modus operandi is just to feed uh, Ovechkin. When yeah, I have to feed actually him. go feed watch. the beast, man. That's right. Why, <laughs> That's like, why not? You see, have you seen that slap shot? Oh, my God. Have you seen how much room they give him to hit that slap shot? Yeah, too? that torque. You know what's even better? Watching it in person. When I went to go watch the oh, Capitals play, blah, blah, the Flyers. Blah, 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 blah. No, it's, I went to heard the porn. What's like Matt said? Anytime Backstrom got the puck, he immediately just threw it to Ovechkin, and Ovechkin yeah. would take a yeah. shot. Well, but can you blame him, though? He is one of the most prolific scorers in NHL. Like, obviously, yeah, I'm going to give him the puck. If you see people like uh, Sidney Crosby, Ovechkin, uh, Connor McDavid, what are you going to do, take the ball from them? You just give them the puck and let them do their thing. That's what they get paid for. And I've actually thought that maybe Victor Arvinson might turn into a uh, Ovechkin-esque player one day. Just, oh, from, just the way he no. shoots. I mean, he gets the puck and he shoots. He does shoot a lot. I don't think yeah. he has enough torque because he's not a as big of a player. I mean, like. Ovi's just bigger. I mean, it's just kind of part of it. So yeah, but Ovechkin's been in the, has been playing with the same team for over ten years. Yeah, so he's got, still hasn't won a cup. Still suck. And they still choke every year, which goes back to my list. If y'all haven't heard it, go back and listen to that episode with our, well, with our top team. fine. Speaking of teams that are Stanley Cup champions. Everybody knows that the Blackhawks... Wait, is this your number four? Yes, it's my number four. Oh, okay. Well, you got to preface it, man. You're going right I in. I was about to get into Shh. it. Gosh, interrupting the flow. No, I'm so, not. anyway, number four. Everybody knows that one of the huge biases Nashville have is, has is against Chicago. We all know they like to talk about how many cups they've won in so many years. Well, number four on my list is a player that they recently traded away to the Blue Jackets. Yeah. And that was Artemi Panarin. That's a good choice. Go ahead. So he was paired with Kane and Nisimov for this season, and they were disappointed that he got shipped off. But, uh, not Nisimov, but uh, Panarin had an interesting quote as to why he possibly got traded. In a recent interview he had with the Russian website sports-express.ru, which uh, Second City Hockey on SB Nation picked up. He said, uh, quote, if I won two Stanley Cups in my two years in Chicago, then I would have not have been traded. I'm the one who lost twice in the first round. That's a little harsh. I don't know about that. I think it was more or less them trying to get the band back together, kind of like we stated before, regrouping and and trying to recreate the success of the uh, the earlier Chicago teams. I mean, two years getting bumped out. You know Chicago fans weren't having any of that. They wanted a shake-up, which I personally didn't agree with. I thought if they would have kept the team the same, they would probably would have finished first or second in our division again. So, I don't know. We'll see if it pays off for them, though. I mean, he had a decent season-wise. I mean, for the 15-16 and the 16-17 season, he got 30 and 31 goals. So, you know. Yeah, solid. He's solid, but like you said, if they're trying to get some of the other pieces of the puzzle back, well, if you get some pieces, you got to lose some pieces. So he just kind of caught in the crossfire, I guess, of that. Casualty of war. There you go. So I think, Daniel, you and I both got number four. Number four on my list. No, no. Number four on my list. Hold on. I think think Matt's going to like this one. Vladimir Tarasenko. That's what I'm talking about. I love him. 
just his whole style and everything. But let me throw out some numbers here. So he's played five years or five seasons. They have made the playoffs, and he's put up 44 career playoff goals or points. Um, that's an average of 8.8 per playoff year. Not bad, considering in the regular season, he's played five years and <laughs> racked up 341 points, which is an average of 68.2 per year. Production out the chart. I love the Blues as well. I, I, I won't go that far. but Yeah, I'm not going to go that far. Uh, okay. Division rivals or division teams, you have to admit the Blues are way up there. Would you go watch a Blues game? I would go watch okay. them play. The fans are nice. They're decent fans. Yeah. And they're they're very, all about the fans, I can tell. They're a very grindy team to play against. I mean, we, the they Preds played physical. them in the playoffs, and it was a very just... Preds could, Preds couldn't had play the style, and he had some amazing shots. Amazing shots. Got a wicked wrister. Love him. That's my number four. What's your number four, Matt? All right, my number four... Me and Kyle are going to link up again. Artemi Panarin, baby. No way. Nice. Five Double high five across the room. Five and four? That's right. My boy Panarin. I don't know what it is about these Russian players, but they can play keep away like it's going out of style. Back back when he was coming up. Monkey in the middle. That's right. He was the man at keep away. I don't know if you've ever seen this guy try to uh, protect the puck and get away from some of these defenders. He's like going through, going through their legs, zigging, zagging in and out. He is incredible. He's just like a playmaker with with the puck. He plays keep away. He's got some moves like Pavel Datsuk. He's just incredible to watch. And he's still kind of, I don't know if I'd say underrated. He's getting a little more notoriety now, but I liked him when he was just kind of first starting out. And I always kind of root for the underdogs anyway. So as they're they're kind of younger and coming up, before people start to really love him, I root for him. So that's my number four, Artemi Panarin. Well, I wonder if I can make you sync with my number three, but I Man, highly if doubt. If those lists are completely identical. No way. There's be... no way you meet me on number three. Yeah. I'm alone on this one. I don't think I'm going to meet you number three. Okay. So my number three is Johnny Goudreau. Mm, okay. State reasoning. Well, I think he is one of those players that he had a dip in production this season. So for the 15-16 season, he only had 30 goals. But 16-17, he had 18. Now, he didn't play all of the 82 games. He played 72. So I can see a little bit of drop production there since you're not playing some games. But he spent his um, spent his time on the first line with Sean Monahan and Michael Furlan. And I think he's just due for a resurgence. And let's see, where was he at on this list here? He's number 10 on the list, but I've got him number three. He's number three in my heart. <laughs> you moved him up a lot. So yeah, that's a I, big jump. Wow, you must have some real big favoritism for him to put him above Alexander Ovechkin. I can't believe that. That's... I'm still, I'm still in shock of that. And speaking of number three, Alex Ovechkin is on <laughs> yeah. my list because of some reasons I'm about to state. So l- listen to this: twelve years in the league, nine hundred and twenty-one points. That is an average of 76.75 per year with him slacking off in the last couple of years, as you guys just stated. Then he's made the playoffs nine times during that time, or during his uh, 12 years, and put up 97 career points, an average of 10.77 per playoff. That's impressive. It's very impressive. The only reason why he's not higher on my list, because they choke every year and they can't finish. 
Well, I guess that's part of being a capitalist fan. But, I mean, it is. It just comes with yeah. the territory. But it's par for the course. But there's some stats to back up your Alex Ovechkin, which I still don't understand, was not higher on your list considering your love for the for the Capitals. I'm gonna love hearing his next ones. Yeah. All right. Well, you're gonna love my number three because it's gonna have some wild eyes too. You know how bad this list was that NHL put out. You know, it's got some pretty big critics. Okay, well, we all have our personal bias and picks and whatever. And who's to say our picks are better than whoever picked for the NHL? Well, I'm going to tell you how much I didn't like their list. Their number 20, Taylor Hall, Whoa, is going to be my number just three. bumped him up. I bumped him way up. Way up. Okay, that is a good Why would you bump Taylor ahead. Hall I'm from gonna... 20 to 3? Because I love watching him play. <laughs> just, I love him. I liked him. He's playing with uh, – okay, He passes the eyeball that. test. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And he plays back what I I really loved watching the Oilers a few years ago when he was a prime Oilers player, you know. I, I enjoyed him watching him play. He he's kind of a playmaker. He's you know, he likes to get down there and uh down close to the crease and, and get those goals and I just like watching him play and he he's just I don't know, kinda like a pretty boy. He's kinda like Captain America to me. I just really enjoy watching Taylor Hall. But now they got him shipped off to playing with the New Jersey Devils and speaking of the Devils um, what are you going to say? No, no, keep going. I was just looking up some of his stats. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of the New Jersey Devils, you know, he happens to play for them now. Well, uh, I heard the Devils don't actually have a website because it turns out they can't string three W's together. Wow. <laughs> You've been waiting the entire entire podcast I, I don't even know what maybe to say even right multiple now. episodes to have that one thrown in there. <laughs> I like to throw a joke in there. How he, long has that joke been in your pocket? Oh, for a while, for sure. For a while. Anytime I was just waiting to mention something about the Devils. The energy. So, Taylor Hall definitely fits my number three. Like I said, I really I really like him, and, and maybe his stats don't quite back up as much as, as some of the others we mentioned on the list, but just as a personal favorite, as a bias to who I like to watch, I really like Taylor Hall. He's averaging 64.71 uh, points a year. Yeah. So I mean, that's nothing but, to laugh at for sure. But he has not made the playoffs, which is very interesting, I and mean, that's kind of sad. I mean, some of these players are awesome. How do you think he felt? And they though? don't he got make shipped the off. playoffs. Yeah. Oh, that's I, rough. I was, I was wow. out of people who've been traded. You know, we we talk about how many trades are going on and how much. Oh, we can't seem to think. We can't see so and so playing for a different team. Well, the most mad I've been in the last couple of years is when they traded Taylor Hall because I did not want to see him in any other jersey other than Oilers. He's a good guy too. I I just yeah, that's a rough trade. Yeah, I've, yeah. Dead I didn't end. want to see him go. And Jersey, uh, who cares about them? So Yeah. All right, Kyle. Number two. Number two. Well, I synced up one of yours, Daniel. What'd you got? Vladimir Tarasenko. Yeah. yeah. Man, he's been on all of our... Oh, well, no. He's not, not on mine. Oh, uh, or is he? He's got me on your list. Bum, bum, bum. I know how much. Go ahead. I mean, everything you said earlier, completely agree with. You really took everything I was going to say. So, yeah. Vladimir Tarasenko, number two. Love watching him play. Definitely going to go up to see the Blues play the Preds in Missouri this year. For sure. And yeah, that's it. So, Daniel, who's your number two? Oh, my number two. It almost pains me. Oh, yeah. I hope you're going to say who I think you're saying. You know, as a person, I might not like this dude. Yeah. But the stats cannot lie. And that is Patrick yeah. Kane. I'm sorry, like as a predator, it almost pains me that he's number two on this list. But listen to this. I'm kind of crying over here. I, uh, listen here, Kyle. He's played 10 years in the league. 740 points. That's an average of 74 a year. I'm not denying the man is good at his job. Excellent. Wait for this one, number. Nine of those seasons, they made the playoffs. He has scored 120 
seven playoff points. That's an average of 14.1. By the way, Alex Ovechkin's was 10.77. That is a massive yeah. jump. And they've played literally the same amount of uh, playoff years. Both have nine. So uh, you can't deny the stats. I don't like him as a player. I don't like some of the comments he's made, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, I mean, he's just sissy because we, we beat him fair and square with boring hockey, <laughs> quote, unquote. <laughs> well, it worked. You know, we, we shut him down. But that said, I mean, you can't deny it. And he's number two on my list. So hurts me. Go ahead. All right. Well, one thing I agree with you there is that number two definitely has to be Patrick Kane. I'll agree with Man, you. Man, you're just singing with everybody. We're singing with everybody. That's <laughs> this right. That's great. Let me tell you something about Patrick Kane. We talk about a body of work. You mentioned some of the other stats. One thing you didn't mention, uh, in the last three years, I like to take a bigger sample size than just last year you, as well. Yeah, go ahead. Number one for wingers in the last three years in points, uh, 259 points for wingers. And Patrick Kane is one of the most clutch players. You can't ask for a more franchise name. I really... I used to think for for a play for uh there was a playoff run or two or a series or two that I thought nobody is more clutch in the playoffs than uh Jonathan Taves. And then I'm thinking, wow, really, Patrick Kane, I don't know if you can even I don't I think he's even more clutch than Jonathan Taves is in the playoffs. And his body of work shows a of his point production. And you look at him you talk about the eye test, you look at him on the ice, he can shake and bake and deep. Smooth. Oh, it's like butter. I mean, it really is. It's almost disgusting coming from a Preds fan how good he really is. Yeah. Uh, we saw some of that in the series, too. When he, he started getting cooking towards the end, it was a little too late. He makes me nervous when he has the puck because oh. you just know he just has that field when the shoot and when the pass, and you're just like... Great touch. It's like, it's like please don't make our guys look stupid. Yeah. I'll mention this. I hope I don't spoil anything. Um, I was listening to an interview of a guy, a former goalie, who was talking with Pecorino, and he was talking about um, Forsberg and, and his shot. And he said one of the things that is so difficult about Forsberg is he has such a funky release, you can't quite time it. It doesn't match the way everybody else's uh, release point is. So it's really difficult to time as a goalie. And similarly, you see Patrick Kane, the way he digs and moves and crosses over, you just really don't know where he's going to shoot, when he's going to shoot. So as a goalie, it crosses him over and confuses him, and, and there's no no doubt why he scores so many goals. He he's that brilliant with the puck. It, it's incredible. He often looks away, like he's gonna pass, and he will end up shooting top corner of a of the net, and it's it's incredible to watch. I mean, absolutely talented sniper all he around. He might with the puck, uh, stick handling. He might have to be the most talented stick handler on any of, on our list. I think he's incredible. He is. I mean, the man's I got the man's got it. great hockey sense God. too. But he plays for Chicago. Oh. As you grimace. Yeah. It's kind of one of those, like, you grudgingly have to give him his due of how good of a player he is, even though you don't want to. Give him credit. All right, Kyle, you're number one. My number one, and this is completely biased. Just oh, throw God. It Here it comes. Oh, Lord. Philip Forsberg. No. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm a Preds fan, and I can't even. Oh, my God. Oh, that's why? hilarious! Please tell me why, Kyle. I like watching the man play. He a, <laughs> look, yes, he's got he's got good stats. I mean, last season the fifteen sixteen thirty three points, sixteen seventeen thirty one points. He's got thirty one assists the two seasons ago, twenty seven assists last season. The man's a playoff. Well, he 
did well in the playoffs, but he's a good machine when he gets going. True, it took him a while to heat up. But once he got going, he was just a great part of that Jofa line. And the man just brings, you know, just that ump for the line. I would argue the chemistry for the line for sure. I don't know about the production just didn't seem to happen. The, for okay, some yeah, reason. the production this year uh, but, was slower, but he started heating up when we wanted to. And okay, realistically on the list, no, he should not be number one. Yes, we <laughs> talked earlier, he should be probably like eleven or twelve, maybe not a fourteen. But when we started this list, we were talking about, you know, a split between favorite favorite winger and you know best and you know best winger and he's my favorite winger, so he's gonna be top of my list. Uh, I mean, I get it. It's a combination of the best and your favorite, and you are biased, but I do love Forsberg. I just don't think he's top five material. He has a great mane of hair, too. He does, but that's not going to score us an extra goal. So, Well, like you said, we kind of have a dichotomy on our list between who's the most talented in point production and who's just our personal favorite. So I can I can see how you'd put Forsberg there just because he's the local guy you root for. And although I don't consider him an underdog anymore, you know, I enjoy rooting for the, the rookies and sophomores as they come up. So I enjoyed rooting for him. Man, he's a hometown guy. So I can see how you'd put him on your list for sure. Well, Washington for sure would want him back. I mean, just saying, that trade, wow. <laughs> I mean, if you look at it from that angle, yeah, I mean. What was all the jokes there this year with uh, George McPhee being the uh, Vegas GM? They bit, Some of the jokes on Twitter was like, George McPhee calls David Poyle or – no, I'm sorry. David Poyle would call George. He was like, hey, George, is David. Click. <laughs> yeah, I mean, could you imagine the Washington Capitals team right now currently if they had Forsberg as well? Shh. Imagine him paired with Ovechkin. Oh, my goodness. Been nasty. But we stole him. So, anyway. Yep, that's my number, my number one. one. It, I, Matt, let's break the trend. I want you to go before me because... Really? Because I have one here. You're going to have one that's going to make me mad that I didn't pick. Yes. Yeah, it's going to make so. you fuming. So if let's I, start with your number one, and we'll go from there. All right. Interesting. Um, my number one, I mentioned how I like to root for the underdogs as they come up. Well, there's no underdog as my number one. Flat out beast mode, Vladimir Tarasenko. Dude, he's, all, he's on all, all of our lists. Completely agreed. He is top five material. Go ahead. In the last three years, he's number three out of the wingers. Um, the top three was Kane, uh, Jamie Ben, then Vladi Tarasenko, uh, Ovechkin, and Nikita Kucherov, who is one that we haven't mentioned yet, interestingly, off our list. Honorable mention. But yeah, he's a great I, player, but we don't really follow him very yeah, much. Yeah, but so. you don't hear much about him either, too. You don't see him covered a lot in media either. But I mean, I honestly, say like a six, probably a sixth or seventh on my list, though. But he he's, was number two on NHL's yeah. list. Yeah, mm-hmm. when I saw his name on there, I actually had to go look him up because I was like, who? Just because you don't hear about him very much. Well, enough talking about... Uh, Nikita Kucherov, back to Tarasenko. He's the man. Anytime he has the puck, have you seen that wicked slap shot he's got? Oh. It's incredible. He's got deeks and moves. Like I said, a classic Russian. They were really good at protecting the puck and deeking and moving and zigging, zagging in and out. He's just incredible. He he's might be the best at that on this list. Uh, he, he's incredible with it. Uh, it's just something they all do, and he's he's the man. Whether it's whether it's protecting the puck, shooting it, slapping it, up deking, you know. Wristing it, whatever he does, he is incredible. Mm-hmm. One of the most prolific scorers. He's incredible. Numbers agree. I mean, kind of like what I stated on my list. And I mean, decent team, good fans. What's not the like there? Man? I mean, it's it's great. All right, you ready for my number one, Matt? Let's is hear this it. Going to make you mad. It's going to be awesome. All right, I have a man here who has played eight 
13 seasons. Wow. He has racked up 1,080 career points. That's an average of 60 a year. Oh, oh, Very oh. respectable. All right. You're about to get super mad. Oh, yeah. Hold on. All Hold right. on. 10 seasons in the playoffs. I got you. 10 seasons in the playoffs with 146 points. That's 14 average every career, uh, every uh, playoff season. And that is my man, Justin Williams. Because he is the king of clutch. And yeah, you have to agree. This man is on fire. Mr. Game 7. Game 7. So here's also some some interesting numbers. Justin Williams has 11 goals in games 5, 6, or 7 since 2012. Oh, yeah. You cannot be more clutch. By the way, he has seven playoff game-winning goals. But what more can you ask for? First didn't of all, help the Capitals. Didn't help the Capitals. Well, that's, that's why they picked him up. That's why they picked him up, because they need somebody like that who can close. He did actually score an overtime winner for the Capitals. So, yeah, he was producing, but, I mean, it's a team effort. What's man. interesting, he played playoff. for Carolina at one time. He did. Won the cup with him, too. He he sure did. But that said, he he's the man when it comes to playoff. You're, you're looking at playoff points. Excellent. He's up there with Patrick Kane. As far as um, playoff production, career points, I mean, averaging 60 a year, even with him tailing off, and I mean, he's 35 now. And then you factor in being clutch on top of it, easily the number one. Why would he wasn't even on the top 20 on the NHL list? How can you overlook him? Playoff veteran experience, clutch as clutch can be. He's my number one, Justin Williams. Yeah, you might could compare numbers and stats with with points and assists, and we all might be comparable. Somebody might have the slight edge in in that area, but Justin Williams just owns the market in clutch. Like we're talking about how good Patrick Kane was and Jonathan Taves sometimes in the playoffs. You said Patrick Kane was your number one clutch, clutch. But Justin Williams, I have to agree, he owns the market in clutch. He's the man. Uh, I think the only other person who was comparative was Patrick Kane as far as game winning goals. And yeah. That- span of time I mean they're both very comparable uh, comparable and both production wise in the playoffs about the same maybe a little bit more veteran experience obviously those game fives and six and sevens that's where he shines man and that's where you need your star player to come out the most are in those clutch it's either an elimination game or a series clinching game and he has done it 11 times since 2012 the man, Justin Williams, my number one. Well, you said it all for sure. I was waiting for you to drop the mic. No, no. I'm just surprised. I'm just surprised no one caught that. NHL didn't catch it on their list. Matt didn't catch it on his list. And I've heard him rant over <laughs> Justin Williams. Before. And I didn't catch it. And I like Justin Williams too. I, I, just saying. Totally overlooked. Good job. I like that pick. And you went off the list for one that was good. Completely off the list. Not even on the top 20. He's a, And he's actually a, a right winger, unlike Joe Pavelski. <laughs> so I don't know where the NHL was getting their list from. So, Just because he wants to play center. Well, I feel like my list was kind of underwhelmed compared to y'all's because I went more of the favorite, and you guys are sitting here dropping stats out. And I'm like, well, that's okay, because I figured we would have some dichotomy there, and that was fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, obviously uh, some of your favoritism factored into your list <laughs> a little bit. Forsberg bumped up to... Number one, 
Well, I know that if I was like to drop this on the Preds Facebook page, <laughs> they would all agree with it. Uh, I don't know. I didn't agree with it. I'd score some brownie points. Yes. It would score totally. brownie points and people would love it. But guys, I think we've talked about quite a bit today, so I think it's time for us to close the show up. As I said earlier, if you've got a question for us, you can reach us at musiccitygold at gmail.com. Otherwise, if you want to interact with us on Twitter, you can reach me and the other guys at our Twitter account, Music City Gold. Or if you want to interact with me personally, if you want to, uh, you can reach me at, <laughs> at Kyle Hancock on Twitter. No one wants to interact with you, Kyle. Sorry. Nobody does. They interact with the, with the uh, Twitter account, but never me. That's okay. So, anyways, thank you guys for listening. This has been Music City Gold, hosted by Penalty Box Radio. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you on the ice. 